Four batteries. <laughs> Glory to God. Well, if you would, um, open your Bibles up to Hebrews chapter 12. Uh, I want to talk to you a little bit about um, looking into the Word of God. Looking unto the Word. And that's really the title of the message, Looking Unto the Word. Because this is important looking in the Word, because it'll change everything about you. It'll change everything in your life. And I think what's happened to the church is we've kind of gotten away from the Word of God itself, and uh, we, we've gotten our eyes on, onto other things and other distractions. Um, well, let's go there. Thank you, Father. Let me. I'm going to go to the uh, Amplified here. And um, probably a lot I'm going to read to you out of the, the Amplified. Let me look there. Thank you, Jesus. Hebrews chapter, did I tell you what chapter? 12? All right, let's look here at verse 2. It says, looking away from all that will distract to Jesus, who is the leader and the source of our faith, giving the first incentive for our belief and is also its finisher, bringing it to maturity and perfection. All right, and I just want to stop there because it's this first part of Hebrews chapter 12, verse 2, I wanted to look at. It says, looking away from all that will distract. You know, there, there, there's many distractions in the, wor in the world. And a, a lot of them, you know, they, they, they bring our interest in and attract us because we want to know what's going on. But, you know, the Bible even tells us while we're looking out at the things which are seen, but the things that are not seen. Because the things that are seen, they're all temporary. But the things that are not seen, those are eternal things. And the only way you're going to look at things that are not seen is through the Spirit of God, through Jesus, through the Father, through His Word. You know, when we look at the Word of God, we're looking unto Jesus. It is He is the Word, right? And that was John. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God, and the Word became flesh. So when you pick up your Bible and you look at it, there's something that takes place. And you know, we've probably heard this several times, but you know, the older I get and the more I'm around the things of God, I begin to realize and see that there's a lot more to this than what we are thinking, especially in the flesh. It, it gets over into the spirit. What happened? Well, you just go to the... Anyway, okay. Um, are we online back there? Everything's working here. Okay, that's, that's fine. All right. Anyway, there's a lot more going on here than what we seem to think because, you know, the word... God didn't just put that word in there because it sounded good. You know, he, he didn't just stick that word in there and say, well, you know, Look, look into the Word, because it, it'll really bless your socks off. No, there's something that takes place here. And something, and, and where all this really comes about is last, 
last weekend when Dr. Norman was here, um, I Saturday I, I, I went out and met with him. Just, it was just him and me. We went out to dinner um, and uh, talked about the Word and, uh, and the Lord. And uh, some things started happening. And I was picking up some things in the Spirit as I listened to this man talk. Now, you know, I'll, I'll, let me just kind of preface some things. When I get around other men and women of God, I have a tendency to shut up. Because why? I'm going to receive what they have. So, you know, I'm doing, I'm doing all ears. I'm letting, I'm letting him talk. Because what? I, I want to know what he knows. I want something from him. I Really, what I'm looking for is an impartation. You know, Paul, ta Paul talked about that in, in uh, Romans uh, chapter 1, verse 11. He says, I long to see you that I may impart unto you a spiritual gift that you may make it to the end of your course. And uh, John Wesley said that there's three ways to receive impartations. You receive them through the, the, the preached word, all right? Just like right now, that you, you, know, you can get something today if you're, if, if you're looking for it. You can receive an impartation, something that will add to and change your life through the preached word. All right? He said that also another way that an impartation takes place is through the laying on of hands. So when hands are laid on, there can be an impartation. It can be an impartation for healing. It can be an impartation for um, uh, revelation. All right, but there'll be an impartation that takes place. Now, the third way, and that's what I really want to kind of get into, he said this, he said, the third way of impartation, this is John Wesley saying this, he said, the third way to receive an impartation is through casual conversations. And I've experienced that many, many times in my life, just, just casual conversations that I've had with, with people, and... Um, or they've had with me, more importantly, they've had with me. So I was sitting there at the dinner table listening to um, uh, uh, Dr. Norman talk about the Word of God and what God was showing him and him spending time in the Word and going over the Word and over the Word and over the Word. And uh, the Lord starts speaking to me. And something starts coming into the light as he's speaking about an impartation of the Word. And I, you know, I knew it was there, and I somewhat thought I understood it, but it just took me to another level. See, and when you get to another level, things are noticeably changed. They, they noticeably change in your life. And that's what he's talking about here in Hebrews. He says, looking away from all that will distract to Jesus, who is the leader and the source of our faith, giving the first incentive for our belief. And he is the finisher, bringing it to maturity and perfection. You know, as I meditated on this verse, and I even, I even, I even went to the Spanish version of it, and the Spanish word for, for the finisher, it says it, 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 it says it this way, it's called consumador. Uh, he's a consumador of our, of our faith, of our Allah faith. That's a word that we that sounds familiar. It, yes, he's a consummator of faith. What's the, what, 
What's the consummator of our faith? It makes it official. It makes it legal binding official. That's what he does. He makes our faith <coughs> binding. It's, but something happens when you look into the Word of God. There's a, there's a transition that takes place from the Word of God into our very beings that causes us to change and become more like the Father. You remember Paul said in Ephesians, I believe it's chapter 5, verse 1, he said, Be ye imitators of God as dear children. What's an imitator? It's, it's someone that acts, talks, and looks, and, and their mannerisms are just like the one they're imitating. Now, I've, I've shared this with you before, but I remember as a kid growing up, and watching television, and uh, there was a man, well, he's still around, but he could imitate people, and I would watch him, he'd be on, 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 on the late show with Johnny Carson years ago, Rich Little. And uh, I always liked when Rich Little would come out, because he would imitate like, um, oh, Ronald Reagan, um, Jimmy Stewart. And I'll never forget, because one time Johnny had, had Jimmy Stewart and Rich Little on the same program. And Rich Little went into his act talking like Jimmy Stewart in front of Jimmy Stewart, and Jimmy Stewart said, you do me better than I do me. Well, that's because he had studied him and, and, you know, and, and, and practiced him. But see, that's what the Word of God is saying, that you and I are to imitate God as dear children. Think about it as a child, how a child always imitates their, their parents. The son the, the, imitates the father, the daughter, the mother. If mama has it, daughter has to have it. If father has it, son has to have it. All right? If How the father talks, the son's going to talk. How the mother talks, the daughter's going to talk. Well, see, there's something that takes place as we look into the Word of God. You and I start to become more and more like the Father as you see it. And that's what he's talking about, looking unto Jesus, looking unto the Word of God. There's a transition that starts to take place, a transmission from the Word of God in the spirit realm. It's, it gets on you, and you start seeing things differently than how you have, have you seen them in the past. I hope I'm helping you here. Look here at verse, uh, in Hebrews um, 12, look at verse 9. It says, Moreover, we have had earthly fathers who disciplined us, and we yielded to them and respected them for training us. Shall we not much more cheerfully submit to the Father of spirits and so truly live? Of course we will. Verse 10, For our earthly fathers disciplined us for only a short period of time and chastised us as seemed proper and good to them. But he disciplines us for our certain good that we may become sharers of his own holiness. Think about that. God is, is, is conditioning us, training us, so that we may be sharers of his holiness. I, I think we as a church, or the body of Christ, has really fully understood this. Because when you're... When you are sharing in the Father's holiness, things are going to happen where you go. 
Because where the Father shows up, things happen. Right? You know, really, in, in, in church services, God has a plan, and He wants to manifest in every church service. I don't care where it's at. He wants to manifest. He's got a plan. And, because when, and, and we want that because He shows up, things happen. People are delivered. People are healed. Right? You know, you think about a, a, a lot of the great men and women of God in the past, Smith Wigglesworth, um, Amy Simple McPherson, um, and I mean, the list goes on and on. They had great manifestations of the things of God. And what happened? Because they, as they looked into the Word of God, they received something from it that, that brought change in their life that got rid of the distractions of this world. Brothers and sisters, to, you know, a hundred years from now, we are not going to sit around and talk about what we did here on earth that didn't have an effect on, on, on the kingdom. It's just not, it's, it's not going to happen because it, 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 it's just worthless. We're going to talk about the things of God, how God used people, how we saw God move in our lives. How other people saw God move. That's what, that's what the eternal things that we're going to be talking about. And that's what God wants us to experience here on earth as we share with him. Now go with me to another scripture here. Go to 2 Corinthians chapter, chapter 3. And I'll look to the, the King James for this. 2 Corinthians chapter 3. Hallelujah. Praise God. 2 Corinthians chapter 3, and uh, here's what Paul says in verse 18. But we all, with an open face or an unveiled face, beholding as in a glass the glory of the Lord, we are changed into the same image from glory to to glory, even as by the Spirit of the Lord. So as we look into the Word, as, we, as, as, as you study the Word of God, as you read the Word of God, there's a, there's a transition taking place in the spirit realm. You may not recognize it right away, but something's happening when we spend time in the Word. That's why Satan will fight you so hard to stop you from reading the Bible. I mean, if you, if you, you wake up in the middle of the night and you say, well, Pastor, I, I can't sleep. I have a problem sleep. Go ahead and read the Bible. The devil will help you fall asleep. All of a sudden, you have no problem in falling asleep at all. Why? Because something's taking place in the realm of the Spirit. He doesn't want you meditating in the Word of God. He'll keep you awake. He'll keep you awake at night. Why? You don't rest so that you can't think clearly. All you've got to do is say, Devil, okay, if I'm awake, I might as well read my Bible. Boom, or you ain't got to, you don't have a problem sleeping. He's going to say, well, that, that ain't working. I'm taking my hands off that situation because every time I wake them up, these, these crazy people read their Bible. Right. See, he, he understands there is a transition taking place when you take the Word of God now what Paul said here, he said, but we all with an open face beholding as in a glass 
Now that word glass that he uses here is actually a word that describes a reflection. Alright? We see a reflection in this glass. The glory of the Lord. And we're changed into the same image. From glory to glory. What are we, what's he talking about? We're looking into, we're looking into the Word. And what you start to see is as you read the, the Bible, especially Paul's epistles, you start to see who you are in Christ and the authority that you have that was given to you. And what happens is in the realm of the Spirit, it literally comes off this Word, this Bible comes off, of, off the pages that you're reading and starts to get on you and bring change. It starts working on you. And the truth is, the first thing that happened is there's usually a chastisement because the Word's going to correct you. And see, if, if, you, if you fight that chastening, you get over into the area of rebellion. And then you're going to, you're going to suffer more, more, more discipline because why? You're resisting what God's trying to do in your life. He's trying to bring correction so that he can show you the big picture. He's not out, he's not out to whoop you. Now, if that's what it takes, that's what it takes, but that's not, that's not his plan. His plan is to show you that, hey, look, you've been doing th these things wrong. You need to make some corrections. All right? And if you, you yield to it and let those corrections say, okay, you know, I, I need to make some changes here. Then, then what heaven has for you can start coming into your life and start manifesting in your life. You start seeing some things. You know, it was like when I was with Dr. Norman and he was talking about how the Lord was showing him these things and, and some of the things that were just coming out of the, 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 the casual conversation. There was just a revelation that came on about spending time in the Word. And what literally happens is he, he, the Spirit of God moves on you. He moves on us. And a matter of fact, uh, let me look here. Look at this word here in verse 18. It says, we are changed into the same image. That's, thank you, Holy Ghost. Now, that Greek word changed is, is the word metamorpho. Yeah, metamorpho. It's where we get the word metamorphosis, which describes what happens to a caterpillar. It goes through a process of become from a caterpillar to a water butterfly. So what Paul is saying is, but we with an open face beholding the word of God. We're changed. We, 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 we go from being a caterpillar, and, and, and really, I, I think kind of a better explanation of this, we go from being a child of God to a son and a daughter of God. There's a process that you and I must go through. Some get it, some don't. Not everybody gets this. It's available. It's available to everyone. But some never go through the process of the change. I mean, you can imagine a caterpillar that doesn't go through the metamorphosis to a, to, 
to a butterfly. What happens? It just dies. Right? If it doesn't go through that process, it's, it's, not, going to, it's not going to become what it was supposed to become. Let's put it that way. If we don't go through this process, oh, you get to heaven, you're not going to have become what you should have become. There's things that are left undone. So instead of the Father looking at you and Jesus saying, well done, good and faithful servant, he'll just look at you and say, well, is that it? Was that all? See, I, I, and I sense that a lot of believers, that's what they're going to get when they get there. Oh, they'll get into heaven, but it's just going to be, well, was that it? I don't know, but you, I, I don't want that. I don't want to hear those words. I don't, I don't want to hear just that word. Well, wasn't there more? You know, we like to think about that, about well done, good, you know, think about that sentence. Well done, good and faithful. In order to have been well done, that means you had to have done something, right? You had to accomplish what? Not what you wanted to do, but what he wanted you to do. And what's it mean to be faithful? Full of faith. Full of faith. Full of faith. All right, so if you want to hear those words, you're going to have to be full of faith, and you're going to have to do what he wants to do, done. And the only way that's going to happen is you've got to spend time in this word. You've got to look at this word and start seeing that it's changing you. Amen? You're, you're not the same person that you used to be. Thank God I'm not the same person I was 10 years ago or 5 years ago. Definitely not the same person I was 30 years ago. Nobody in here would like me. Probably wouldn't like me 10 or 20 years ago. But I, you know, I'm changing all the time because the Word is bringing change into my life. Let's go here and look at something else here. Go to 1 Corinthians chapter 13. 1 Corinthians 13. Now, Paul says it this way a little bit differently here, here in this other letter to, to the Corinthian church. In verse 12, he says, For now we see through a glass. Now, that word glass is a mirror. It's the Greek word when, uh, it, for, used for mirror. For now we see through the, through the glass, the mirror, darkly, but then face to face. Now, I know in part, but then shall I know even as also I am known. And what's he talking about? He's talking about looking into the Word. And in the beginning, it's, it's dark. You don't, you, don't really, you don't see it as clear in the beginning. But the more, that you, the more that you look into the Word of God, you eventually get to the point where he says here, but then face to face. Face to face. What am I seeing? I'm seeing the face of God looking at me. As I look into the Word, I see God's face is looking at me. What did God say to Moses? What did it say back in the Old Testament about how God spoke to him? He spoke to him face to face. What's Paul saying here? The Father's speaking to you and me face to face. And see, when you start to realize that my land... The Father is, as I spend time in this Word, 
He's speaking to me face to face because I'm seeing his face. What did Moses say? I want to see your face. I want to see your face. What are we seeing in the New Testament? We're seeing him face to face. He is the Word. And the more that we spend time in this Word, we start to see something takes place here. Now, I want you to go to Romans chapter 12. And I'm going to read, I'm going to read from that, the Amplified. Romans 12. Praise God. Romans 12 and verse 1, it says, I appeal to you, therefore, brethren, and I beg of you, in view of all the mercies of God, to make a decisive dedication of your bodies, presenting all your members and faculties as a living sacrifice, holy, devoted, consecrated, and well-pleasing to God, which is a reasonable and rational intelligent service and spiritual worship. So that's why I like the Amplified. It, it, it calls presenting our bodies as a living sacrifice our, our, our reasonable form of worship. What's expected? No longer considering our bodies as well. Yeah, but I want to... I want to go have fun. No, that's your flesh wanting to have fun. And it's really not fun because what happens in the end is you're disappointed because things didn't turn out the way you wanted them to. I don't know about you. I, I, I experienced that time and time and time and time again in my life until I got this sick and tired of being sick and tired of being sick and tired of being sick and tired, always being disappointed by what? My flesh. And that's what Paul's talking about here. He's saying, he's saying listen, you've got to get this. You have to get this. This is your basic form of worship. You presenting your bodies to the Father. Because it's not just about you presenting your body and you're not getting anything. Because when you present your body, He is able to impart unto you Something supernatural that not only will change your life, but it changes everybody's life around you that you come in contact with, with that, you, that you're connected with. It changes them. And you won't have a problem with the ones that aren't supposed to be in your life. They'll just leave. They won't want to be around. Why? Because the Spirit of God that's on you and you are connecting to it and you're being charged by it is, is empowering you to become an imitator of God as a dear child. And that others sense this. They may not, and they won't understand it, but they sense that something's different about you. And the ones that... Aren't supposed to be in your life, they'll just leave because why? They don't want anything to do with that. Now, later on down the road, they might come back, but I found usually they don't. They don't. I'm not going to sit here and lie to you and say, oh, there's a good chance. Of... No, it just usually doesn't. You can't change people. 
let's go on here. That was verse 1. That's not even the verse I wanted to get to. Look at verse 2. Do not be conformed to this world, this age, fashioned after and adapted to its, its external, superficial customs, but be transformed, be changed by the entire renewal of your mind, by its new ideals, its new attitude. See, as you get connected to the work, you'll get a new attitude about things. You won't no longer be just a, an evening person. You hear people say, well, I'm a morning person, or I'm an evening person. I do better at night than I do when I first get up. Well, see, all you need to do is get into the Word of God, and He'll change you. You'll be a morning and an evening person. Because that's God. God's the same yesterday, today, and forever. He doesn't change. You know, I, 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 not once have I talked to the Lord and said, Lord, I need to talk to you. I, I want to hear something. He said, Mike, can you just give me a little bit? I just woke up. You know how it is, son. You know, when you first wake up, you just don't feel like talking. I don't feel like talking right now. He doesn't do that. He's ready all the time. So he says, huh? By the renewal of the son, by its, by its new ideals, new attitudes, so that you may prove for yourselves what is the good and acceptable and perfect will of God, even the thing which is good and acceptable and perfect in his sight for you. Notice what it says here. That as, as you, that word gets in you, it's transforming your ways of thinking so that the old ways that you used to think are changed. You drop them you, and, you, and you look at them. And because, see, until you yield to this, this is why a lot of you can get around a lot of Christians and you're like, man, I know they're Christians, but they act just like the world. The problem that they have is they got a word problem. They're not letting that word come in to their life and change them, change how they think. They're being conformed to the world's way because they're not having an interaction. They're not getting a download in the spirit from the Word of God. When you get a download in the spirit from the Word of God, change is there. You don't look at things the same. Fear can try to get on you, but it, does, it doesn't stand a chance. You get to a point where it doesn't stand a chance against you. And it, 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 things of the devil will literally get to the point where you're the adult and you'll find out the devil's a little bitty kid. When you got this little bitty kid that comes up and says, oh, I'm going to beat you up. And you just reach down and you put your hand on his head and he's flailing his arms and he can't even get close to you because you hold him back. And he's, he's not smart enough to figure it out. I mean, that's how little kids are. You ever seen that? You get to that place with, with the father. That fear tries to get on you and you say, no, not, not today. It's not happening. No, I'm not going there. 
I recognize this as fear. Where does that come from? It comes from spending time in the Word and receiving an impartation. Because you're looking at what? You're looking unto the Word of God. As you gaze into the Word of God, spiritually, things are coming on you and changing. And you start to see that I am literally talking to the Father face to face. I'm not concerned what he looks like. I see him here. He sees me. And he's trying to say, Michael, this is you. He's saying it to each one of you. He's saying, Cheryl, this is you. Linda, this is you. Donna, this is you. Chris, this is you. This is what I've done for you. It's not something that's going to be done. It's something that right now, if you want it, if you want it, you can have right now. Right now. The world is shaking, literally before our eyes. It's being shaken at the very foundation of everything it has practiced. But we, we receive a kingdom which cannot be shaken. And as I look into the Word of God, and I keep my focus on the Word of God, no matter, it doesn't matter what happens, I'm not moved. And you won't be either. You won't be shaken. It's all temporary. You understand that when you speak a word, that situation has changed. Now, visually, it may not look that way yet, but in the spirit, it's changed. So as I walk into a store, or I walk into a place somebody's having trouble in their lives, I can confidently go and say, listen, I'm going to pray for you, and God's going to move in your life. I don't even need them to believe it. It helps. It helps if they'll be in agreement with me. But brothers and sisters, you, you get to the point where they don't need to agree with you because of the power of God, because you have spent so much time face-to-face -face with, with the Father that when you lay your hands on them or you grab their hand and you pray, and whatever it is you're praying, whether they need finances, whether they need healing, whether they need direction, or they just need peace. A lot of people just need peace. Because you have an expectation that the moment you prayed, it happened. And you'll, and you'll see people say, wow, something just changed. What was that? It's the power of God. What's in you? The power of God. It's the power of God. And sometimes I'll even tell people, now listen, you may feel something, you may not. You feel something, it's the power of God. Either way, the power of God's going to go into you and it's bringing change. And how does it happen? By not by not conforming to the world's way, but being transformed by the renewing of my mind as I spend time in the Word.
You know, years ago, I was with um, Pastor Scott Webb. You all may not know of anything of him, but just to give you a, a clue as to who he was, or is, <laughs> he's still here. He, um, Brother Hagin said this of him. He said, this man, no man has sowed more into my ministry than this man right here. And he pointed to Scott Webb. Well, we were out at, out at a, a dinner with some other pastors and, and Scott Webb. And I was sitting really right next to Brother, uh, Pastor Webb. And he said this. He said he was out at the mall with, um, with Brother Hagin one day. And uh, he said, they, Brother Hagin and him sat down in the center of the mall because the wives wanted to go shopping. And he said, we just sat down at the, the mall and he said, you know, you get around Brother Hagin, and just like I said, he said, you don't say anything. He said, Brother Hagin, does, does, does just talk. You've got to wait. And maybe he might say something. Maybe he won't. He won't. He said, but uh, I learned just to keep my mouth shut. And we were sitting there. And after a while, I mean, you know, the, the wives are shopping. So this, this is not like 15 minutes. They're not gone for 15 minutes. They're gone for a while. After a little while, um, uh, Pastor Webb said, he said, I, I looked over to Brother Hagin, he said, Brother Hagin, could I ask you a question? He said, well, sure. He said, you know, I've read all of your, all of your books. And he said, um, and I've read other books. He said, I've read some books that are almost identical to your books. I know they got them from your books. Because sometimes they're almost word for word, the same stuff in their books that's in your book. He said, but when I read their books, I don't get the same feeling as when I read your book. Why is that? Brother Hagen just kind of chuckled. He said, well, that's because when you read their books, you're reading an echo. When you read my books, you're hearing the voice. And, and, and Pastor Webb said this, and this is what got me. He said, Brother Hagin, he said, I've not been through what you've been through. I've not experienced almost dying and going to hell like you did when you was a kid. He said, is there any chance for me to be a voice and not an echo? I don't want to be an echo. Brother Hagen reached over and patted him on his, on, his, on his leg, and he said, he said, brother, he said, if you'll just be faithful, just be faithful, God will make you a voice and not an echo. And uh, I got that plaque. It's in, my, it's in my office. Be a voice, not an echo. How do you get there? You just be faithful. Just be faithful. Be faithful in the Word. Be faithful. Spend time with the Father knowing that when you, as you spend time in, in that Word, there's something that gets on you, a good something of the Spirit that gets on you and starts changing you, and it starts doing things in your body. You know, in Hebrews it says the Word of God is alive. It is alive. It is alive. The Word of God, it's, it is alive.
And this is not saying that to be fancy. It's really alive. Glory to God. So you know what? Here, what we're going to do, we're going to take communion here. So if you get your communion elements. And Paul said this concerning communion. He said, the Lord Jesus showed him this. Now, if you know anything about Paul, Paul was not around when Jesus was alive. He wasn't with him. So how did, how did Paul get this by, from Jesus? Well, Jesus visited him. He had a visitation, a heavenly visitation with Jesus. And he taught him about the Lord's Supper. And he, you know, one of the things that he showed him, he said, you know, he said, tell you know, the people, if they take this in an unworthy manner, that's the reason. People take it in an unworthy manner. He said, many people are sick. They're diseased. Many have died because they take this, they take this, the Lord's Supper, in an unworthy manner. What is the unworthy manner? Well, it says, not discerning the Lord's body. What's that mean? Not knowing that what he did for you. You just take it. You come to church. Well, we're going to do communion. Pass all the cups around. Get the juice out there. Get the bread out there. Okay, let's take this as... And here's what, they, here's what they'll say. See, and I used to say this too until Do, uh, Dr. Norman was here last year and, and, the, and, and he hit it so far out of the ballpark, uh, the MLB is still measuring it. It hasn't landed yet. It's still going. He said this, he said, every preacher he's ever heard teach on the, the elements teaches it this way. This is a representation of Jesus' body. But Jesus said, no. He broke the bread after giving thanks, said, take, eat. This is my body. For as often as you do this, you do this in remembrance of me. What does his body do for you? Well, by his stripes, you're healed. So, this is his body. Now, it's not becoming his body. It is his body by faith. When I take his body and I put it in my mouth and I swallow it, it becomes, it becomes part of me. Now, so this question. Does Jesus have any sickness in his body? No. And his is a name above all of the names, right? So if there's any sickness in my body, when I take this name above every other name, that sickness is done. Amen. The Bible says I have the mind of Christ. I take this and I put this in my body. I know what to do because I've got the mind of Christ now. But many are weak and sick because they don't discern it. So as you take this, we take it in remembrance of him. Cancer don't stand a chance. Tuberculosis don't stand a chance. High blood pressure don't stand a chance. All right? Any sickness does not stand a chance. The common cold doesn't stand a chance. No, it doesn't stand a chance. We just took the name above all names. And this, he, he took the juice, and he blessed it. He said, this is my blood, which was shed for you. And he said, 
Unless you eat of my flesh and drink of my blood, you have no part in me, and I have no part in you. And many disciples that day, they turned and walked away from him. And the Bible says they walked with him no more. It doesn't say they, they didn't worship God anymore. It says they walked with Jesus no more. They went back and worshiped God, but they, they walked with Jesus no more. I got news for you. You walk with Jesus, you ain't walking with the Father. Because he's what gets you to the Father. This is his blood. And what's the blood do? It washed us and cleanses us from all unrighteousness. So right now, see, that's why Brother Hagin said Jesus appeared to him and said, at, when we do communion, the Father, Jesus, is, is the closest here on earth that he ever will be when we do communion. Why? When you took the, when you took the blood, you are made righteous. So anything that was unrighteous that you did in the past, it's washed away. It's gone. It's gone. You took the bread. You took his body. It's not part of you. That's what, was, what the father was saying to Brother Hagin at no time. Other than when we, when we partake of communion, am I closest to my people? That's the power of what we just experienced. Glory to God. Hallelujah. So see, if you're healed, you start acting like you're healed. You don't talk like you're sick no more. You, you know, if you had sin in your, you, you don't keep talking about, oh, I got a problem with this area. No, you don't no more. You, you just, you're the righteousness of Christ. The blood just cleansed you from it. Amen. Glory to God. Did you get something today?